You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. You know what I have to say about the big hot story leading sports centers five o'clock report? Is this going to be the same time Brady we were subjected to? Tom a Brady, ago? Tom Brady got bit by a dog. Yeah, you could have read that in Saturday's Star Tribune. Okay, I knew he got bit by a dog. I reported he got bit by a dog. I was all over the Tom Brady got bit by a dog as a little kid in Browerville story. So are you maybe yeah. suggesting let's, that? So let's see. All right. I knew it. I was up there last Thursday. So I knew it last Thursday. Yep. One, two, but I reported it on Saturday, Friday mm-hmm. night. I'd say 10 o'clock Friday night. Yep. So... 24 hours, 48 <laughs> hours, 72 hours, 96 hours. Uh-huh. I got 100, 110 hours yep. later. These guys think they got a story. Come yeah. on. And I read your story, so yes. I knew all about yeah, it. it was right Almost in the lead. 100 hours ahead. It was right so, in the lead. We had the cats who eat potatoes, yep. followed by the bean dog, the bean farm dog, Tippy. Mm-hmm. We, none of these other SOPs got the dog's Whew. name. Scared me for a minute. There. I got the name. You got the dog's Tippy. name. Tippy. 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 Now it was a mean one man, one man farm dog. He only <laughs> responded to Grandpa. So are you maybe suggesting that Kevin Winter, what he's doing, a top of the hour yeah, Sports Center the, update? As report, be, you know how everybody like Kenny Rosenthal says, as reported by the first athletic, reported first reported by, by or sure. first reported by John Heyman. Yeah, sure, like right. That. Yeah, first reported by. I want a first reported <laughs> by Patrick Grace. Or what if he had just said the Star Tribune? Would that have been sufficient? Uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. That'd be, I, I guess so. All right, so yesterday. No, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you move. Manny, I don't know if you were able to hear in cue the tirade that our guy just <laughs> went out. Oh, oh, yes. Kevin Winter I, uh, rep- was reporting. Oh, yes, that, but, I, I heard every word But the word Sprint of it. store in West St. Paul was uh, made aware of <laughs> yeah, off-air there were no Royce obscenities. No, no obscenities. Okay. No, absolutely oh, not. That surprises me. <laughs> <laughs> So it wasn't like the studio back. No, home. no, oh, no. Okay. John and I were very worried, but you were a, you uh, you held yourself in check. All right, this uh, became quite a sensation on Twitter last night. What I just thought was kind of funny, so I tweeted it out. I had no idea what. Uh, so I'm leaving. Uh, I hung around. I went over and talked to somebody for 20 minutes, and I'm leaving last night, and taking my route back route to where I've been parking at the Mall of America. And I run into this 25-year-old kid, huh. and he says, hey, 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 I'm a big fan of yours. Hey, can I take a picture? And he oh, softly takes nice. it with yeah. the cell phone, and he says, yeah, I'm a, uh, you know, he says, uh, you know, it's, it's great to meet you. Thanks for doing this. I'm a big fan of yours. And so he snaps the picture, and I said, oh, yeah, thank you. And he said, uh, you are Dark Star, aren't you? <laughs> and I said, uh, I said, yeah, 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 I'm Dark Star. Yeah, of course I'm Dark Star. And I walked away, and I just, you know, didn't want to ruin tweeted it that him. out. Yeah. So uh, a lot of this led to a lot of testimonials toward the Dark Man. And let's face it, we all are saddened by the fact that 
not only the dark is dark man isn't around anymore, but he isn't around for the Super Bowl. Oh my God! Because he would there wouldn't be a party. No, that did not include him, right? No. no. <laughs> yeah, he'd, he'd be parking at Maz in front of Valet at every party. But, in the but, what, what did he just been at Hoyts the whole time? No, everywhere. He would have been everywhere. Well, what, yes. what when the Super Bowl was here last time? What what did Dark do? Oh, I'm sure he was uh, big on it. But the Super Bowl last time, man, he was like a midget compared to this thing. It was <laughs> it was, it was uh, Muggsy Bogues versus uh, Kareem standing on yeah. Akeem's uh, shoulders, you know. And the other thing. Big. This would be the one that was right in, in Dark's wheelhouse because he would have had Ziggy all uh, schmoozed <laughs> up and he would have been he would have been at that owner's thing. He uh, would have been uh, introducing Sting on stage yes, at the yes, owner's thing. Yes, he would have done that. But so, so some guy named Lyle Landley on Twitter yesterday, he says, he said he was 14 years old. And he called in the dark show to win two tickets to a Gophers Murray State football game. Oh my god. And when he when when a kid called in to win the tickets, Dark said to him, Are you brain dead? What do you want to go to this? He's giving away the tickets for the game. He says, Are you brain dead? Why do you want to go to this oh, game? Wait a minute, wait a minute, guys. Imagine Dark Star talking with Brandon Lang. Oh, man, oh, that'd be that would be the segment of all segments. That, that would be right. That would be the greatest. It was, yeah. yeah, I'd love to see him. He would be in his now, glory. How many years ago did we lose Dark? Oh, God. Has it been six four now? Six? Okay. Really? Five or six. I was, five. I think we just had that. Well, the reason I, I has, think June 1st was five years. Because the Dark Man was never on Twitter, right? Oh, no. Because no. he would he would seem like the kind of personality. Yeah, would... but it would have taken too much. He was not a techno technology guy. <laughs> okay. I told you that one day he, he used to spend a month in Hawaii every year, right? Right. At the Ritz Carlton in Hawaii. I think the Ritz Carlton, one of the nice ones on Maui. And he came back one time and he was over at our house and for some reason he left his hotel bill. At our place. Okay. I don't know how. He just had some papers, and it somehow got lost, and it was sitting there. And he was there a month. Never. This was back before cell phones. Sure. But he never had used a credit card to call out of the hotel. So he would have 20 calls a day from Hawaii at hotel rates. Oh, I think my, my wife and I figured it out. It was like fifteen, fifteen hundred bucks, uh, oh. two thousand bucks in a month with his phone calls. He just calls, you know, hey, what's that? You have to call up and anybody just <laughs> yeah, to see what's going on. He just dial a number out of the, you know, you know how hotels ripped you off the sure. phone calls. Yeah. Oh my God. And now you're in Hawaii, so uh, <laughs> that was his deal. He was uh, he was great, but uh, yeah, he said he gives away the tickets and then says. Are you brain dead? Why you do you want, want to go to, go to Gophers State? versus, versus Murray, Murray State? State? Are you brain dead? By the way, uh, did you hear Mr. Laronitis? Uh, what, with the what, boys. He was what, on with Mackie and Joe. Yeah, what's the uh, uh, Joe. Joe Laronitis. Joe, yep. yeah. He yep. was his, which one? He was Animal. He was World Animal. Warrior Animal, correct. Yeah. He was yeah. Animal. He, did you hear what he accused Mace of? Uh, I did hear I, that. I did hear, yes. Having a couple of cocktails in him when he came over for a recruiting visit, <laughs> which was 
Interesting. Was, yeah. Ma- was Mace a drinker? I don't. I don't. Re- I don't. I don't know. I think he was a wrestler trying to start a fight. I don't uh, know what it was about. I was very surprised to hear that. I did. I, I also did realize. Great interview, but I also didn't realize that James was a hockey player. Oh yeah. I did yeah, not good know. Good hockey that. player. Yeah. He said kids would have the puck and they'd see him coming. And say, <laughs> oh Christ. <laughs> well, if I was there, I would have asked him. Because you know, Sid wanted him bad. For the Gophers. Laurinaitis, and yeah, yeah. Yep. Sid called up the house on numerous occasions to tell him he'll get lost at Ohio State. Uh-huh. He'll never have a chance to play. <laughs> right. And, uh, it didn't turn out that way. No, I think the no. kid played. Two-time in, All-American. He played in at least two national championship games, I think. Mm. So, anyway. All right. Uh, we uh, shall re turn we got herm coming up herm, baby. hopefully uh we get herm and uh it'll be a sentimental farewell this is uh, the last the last appearance we can squeeze out of herm before he becomes a full-time arizona state football coach how many years have we had herm edwards Oh my God! Five? I think Herm precedes me being with you. Okay, how long you? How long have we had uh, you? F- I'm with you for four years. Four now, years. I bet we've had Herm five years at least. And because uh, you guys had Herm back when when you when uh, you and Phil were doing the show still. Yeah. Right? Did we have it that far back? I, I yes. think so. Yeah, wow. I remember. Yeah. So maybe six years. And uh, there's never been anybody more reliable. He's got mom running the operation oh, back yeah. home. Mom would, uh, mom would tell him to, you know, he'll he'll know every day. He knew who he was going to call. Just like me and Sam Cassell, we run around our house. <laughs> <laughs> and he was a he's uh, been, uh, you know, coach Herm here. Now once in a while, he'd be traveling. Sure. And he'd get in a different time zone, and he'd call it three fifteen. That they, was always <laughs> the best when I was on. You know, when GL was on. And I'd be in the studio, and I'd see the hotline ring. It'd be one fifteen. Coach Herm here. Coach, you're four hours early. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm in Hawaii. Or, you know, yeah. He's wherever. He's yeah, there. he'd be forever. <laughs> uh, we uh, we weren't sure that uh, Herm could hang with us again. Uh, but the one thing about the guy is he gets the Arizona State job in basically December, right? Yeah, yep. Tenth, uh, maybe. He did. Not only did he do the rest of the regular season. He's been with us throughout the playoffs yep. uh, and still, of course, uh, capable of uh, giving us good insights on the NFL as well as uh, once in now, a while telling us a little about his new job. Since he played for the Eagles, would he be in town for the game, you think? I think he's probably still. They they got recruiting, you know, the new sign. The second signing date is only a few days away, right? I think oh, it's it next is. Week. Okay, okay. I think it's next week, the uh, – the second signing date. So, and that's big for them because I think they only signed about fourteen or something. They got in there okay. late. You know, like some play people like the Gophers basically sign their whole class. They probably have a couple of more openings now because they've had some transfers had and some stuff, transfers so they can turnover. sign two or three guys. Got it. But there's a lot of schools out there that uh, didn't dive in, uh, and either they couldn't get the commitments, or they were saying, "Eh, maybe I can do better this time." So uh, he's uh, he's probably out recruiting hard right now. I would think. You know, and it's it's interesting because both that, those guys in Arizona, with as you mentioned, some of them are going Sunline, through the yeah. turnover. But that's got to be a pretty good place to recruit to, don't you think? For young kids that want to go to warm weather and 
you know, Arizona State's got a decent reputation for football success. Oh, yeah. They're, uh, you know, as Chad Hartman always calls it, the Harvard of the of West. Of the Southwest. <laughs> he yeah. went there. But, uh, uh, yeah, but it's going to be interesting how it works out because a lot of negative uh, spin on it from the college football people. Uh, the guy hasn't uh, coached in all these years. He hasn't been in the colleges since – the late 80s, early 90s. He has been around the high school kids, though. Yeah, doing the under. For a few years. And uh, he's done that, and he's made contact with parents of big kids. It'll be interesting because some lines are a hard-nosed recruiter, too. That'll be a battle. And the kid I think that Herm's going to win over and the parents that Herm's going to win over, because he always talks about this so you know that it's genuine. It's, I want to mold young men. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's I think that's the kind of direction he can really shape that program because he he genuinely cares about developing young men, which I think is great. And Herm just has the personality of a college coach. Like He can just go into a living room and just tell – like you said, Reavers, he can just get that kid and convince his parents, look, I'm going to take care of your son. I'm going to turn your son into a grown man. And I think some because he's 63 years old, there's some speculation. You know, they see Lovey go to Illinois and, you know, but you wonder how much energy he's putting into it. You're not going to have to worry about Herm not putting enough no, energy in it. No, no. How many times did we see him on those uh, 5.30 in the morning sports centers? Uh, he's a He's, he's told us more than once. He's a 4.30 a.m. guy Oof. from being a military, a military, a military kid. kid. Yeah. And his old man would get him, the old man would get up and go to work on the military base, and the kid would get up with him oh. 4.30 in the morning. So he's been a 4.30 in the morning So you think those uh, two-a-days at Arizona State are going to be a little bit brisk or early in the morning? He'll do it. I bet he's not a... I bet he's not a punish him guy, but I, I would imagine they'll work out fast. They'll have hard, structure. Hard yeah. and uh, all those things. Well, but, he uh, said, too, that he had offers for NFL jobs, but he wanted to go back to college. Yeah. You know, when you asked him about it when he first got the job, because he yeah. was pretty open about it. Well, it'll be interesting. Now, uh, it's funny, in, in a little twist on the Arizona State thing, uh, they had that roast for me last, when the heck was it? Friday. 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 Yep. And uh, Jim Carter was there. Okay. And every time I see Jim Carter, he was the, and now we're, you know, we got the Vikings uh, not having won a Super Bowl and all that. But it kind of connects because Jim Carter was their star fullback in going into the 1969 season. And the Gophers in 67, they tied for the Big Ten title. Uh, six, seven, and one, or six and one. I'm not sure. And then with Indiana, Purdue, in '68, they had another good year, and it was still power football, Midwest Big Ten football. Sure. And Murray was still rock rib defense. And '69, either the first or second game of the year, they go to Arizona State, and Arizona State's a whack team then. Okay. They're not even in the Pac-10 yet, but Frank Cush is the coach. And they're throwing the ball all over with, uh, with athletes. Okay, <laughs> lots of speed, and they basically blew the Gophers out of the tub on a late Saturday night game, hundred degrees down in Phoenix, and that is the cutoff point. That is the point. That day is the cutoff point in Gopher football history. To from. We had good expectations. We were going to go out and play good defense, and we were going to go after people, 
and win our share of games to we are fast enough. <laughs> that game, that game was the turning point in Gopher football. Was that just the Gophers, or was that college football as a whole? Do you think back then? Well, the Big Ten was being caught up with the Big Ten before they, the Gophers in 1960. The Big Ten had such a reputation, had a loss, eight and one, and got voted as national champions. Wow! And even though there was, I think Mississippi was eight zero oh, and one or something like that. The Gophers got voted as national champions. The Big Ten had always been a conference. But I'm just saying, John Rowe covered that game, my friend John Rowe. And he always tells a story about Murray sitting on a bench in this old locker room in Sun Devil Stadium with his feet in buckets of ice <laughs> and his and the sweat pouring off him. <laughs> And uh, looked up at John and said, who scheduled this bleeping game? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's, that's the cutoff right yep. there. And uh, Herb's there, Arizona State, of course, is, uh, you know, just another uh, Pac-12 school trying to high, recruit fast guys now. But uh, he'll do well. I, I think he'll do a lot better than people think. I do, too. Know. I'll be I pulling too. for him. Well, because when it comes down to it, he's a good football coach. You know, yep. he's, he's, he's not a, a Brewster he's a, type. He's, he's not a, a, you know. It will be interesting. He's, he's going to need good coordinators, don't you think? I mean, he'll be need good coordinators. Yeah, but, uh, he will have that, and he'll also have to find a way to kind of relate to some of the younger guys, I'm sure. But, yeah, I, I, but I, I think when it comes it, down to it. It is funny how everybody has uh, dismissed it as a possibility just because it's so different. Uh, right. Ray Anderson well, firing a reasonably successful coach and – Look at what you just talked about with Seifert last hour. Everybody dismissed Doug Peterson as yes. that was the worst co- coaching hire of the offseason. Yeah, it turns those, out it could have been the best. Those lists you uh, you never know about, uh, that's for sure. So uh, uh, we have appreciated all of Herm's help uh, through the years. We still have his cell phone numbers. That's and right. When he gets, and when he gets a big victory next fall, <laughs> we'll be calling him. All right. Uh, we shall return. Uh, this is the Ride with Ricey. We're at the Sprint Store on Robert Street. Uh, go south. See the patrol, uh, Chipotle's. Pull right in. Register for the trip to Bristol ESPN headquarters. Trip for two. And uh, you're going to be taken care of in great fashion. The bad guy's got a dragon. And I'll leave it at that. Oh! <laughs> from the Sprint Store in West St. Paul. This is The Ride with Royce on 1500 ESPN. Herm, we just gave you a sentimental send-off after all these wonderful years, and now you called in. Thank you. Hey, look, I'm late. I was actually at a high school. You know we're still recruiting. We yes. got to Wednesday to sign some good players, so I'm looking for good players. <laughs> That's what I said. I said, uh, Coach Herb's got uh, very important issues here with the uh, new signing date coming up. Yep, yep. This is a big a one for you. This is a big one for you guys too, because you didn't sign. A, you signed a decent number, but not a huge number, right? No, we signed about ten, and we've got uh, about ten more to go. And uh, we're going to get that done here by next Wednesday, which is great. We've got some, some some really good players that are coming in, so we're excited about that. And then I'm excited about, and I hate for, obviously, Minnesota have to lose to my team, Philadelphia, but they're in the Super Bowl again. Is it going to happen this time? I think they can beat them, don't you? I, I, I do, too. Uh, as long as they realize that the game is never over in the fourth <laughs> quarter when Captain America has the ball. <laughs> 
Yes, you don't want to get conservative like Jacksonville did and to hope you can hold on. You can't hold on. you got to keep scoring, don't you? you? You really do, especially against him, because that's the moment that he embraces the most is when the game is in the balance and he has the ball in his hand. He just has history of, 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 of coming back. And, you know, the, all their Super Bowls that they've won, they've all been close games. Yes. So Philadelphia has a chance. There's no doubt about that. So how come, whether it's Amendola or Edelman or sometimes Chris Hogan, how come they can't cover this guy, this one guy who's always on third and eight catching an 11-yard pass? How come nobody can cover that guy? Yeah, it's unbelievable. And, you know, you mentioned those three guys. And, and we always talk about Gronk. And obviously when he's yes. in the lineup, he's, he's, a, he's a nightmare for you. But – they seem to always make the play, and more time than many, it's a broken down play. It, it's a play when feet so much, but he extends with his ability to step up in the pocket and buy more time. What do you think of him at age forty? How much difference do you see in him, Brady? Yeah, I mean, when you watch him play, I mean, the thing I noticed about Brady is that you know, and we said it before, he is. He is fighting father time, and right now he's beating <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Uh, we, we got Herm here, and we're uh, we're losing him. So uh, No, I got you. I okay, you. you got me? You got me? Okay. Yes, hey, Herm, uh, what uh, – what has been the secret? I mean, I don't think that we can debate as to who the greatest quarterback was anymore, can we? No. He's, he, he'll go down in the right now until somebody obviously has accomplished what this guy has accomplished. He's going to go down in history as the greatest quarterback to ever play. There's no Tw- doubt. And people can debate it and all that. I mean, what this guy's been able to do in his career with different, with different receivers. Remember, he really hasn't had a lot of first-round receivers around him, right? And he's no. accomplished all this stuff. You know what's amazing is the best team they probably had, that unbeaten team, got beat. And the, yes. th- the times when they've been may- maybe not the, even the best team on the field, they figured out a way to win. No, you're right. And, and he's had a, an, out, you know, an outstanding run at what he's been able to accomplish, this organization. You know, you think about the AFC, what, in the last 13 years, there's only been four different quarterbacks to play in the Super Bowl. And he's played in numerous ones. It's been Brady. It's been Flacco. It's been uh, Big Ben. Uh, and, you know, when you think about the quarterbacks that have represented the AFC, right, it's only been really four of them. Hey, I had a nice conversation earlier this week. I wrote something with Ray Dittinger about growing up an Eagles fan there. Yeah. And then I then I talked to Michael McCormick, Mike McCormick's kid. And yeah. uh, and uh, when Mike McCormick coached there and they had, you know, three so-so seasons, you were there, right? No, I was there with Dick Vermeil. Okay, you were there with Vermeil. Well, Mike McCormick's, Mike McCormick's kid, Michael, was playing basketball for Archbishop John Carroll there. He said yeah. he got booed both on away games <laughs> and home games. <laughs> oh. They they go to the games, but, man, they got high standards. If you're not equaling them, they'll get on you, won't they? Oh, look, look, my, 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 my rookie year, we're playing Dallas. And um, it's in the winter. It's in December. Uh, we're winning like uh, a six before half, but they block a punt and they go in and score. 
and the crowd starts booing, right? Yes. And so I go, man, this is interesting. So we come out, <laughs> and they're still booing. And I turned to John Outlaw, the old veteran corner. I said, are they still mad at us? He says, no, man, the entertainment. Santa Claus, <laughs> they're booing Santa right now. <laughs> Yeah, well, the Viking game the Viking game is when they famously threw the snowballs at Santa Claus. The Vikings played in there uh, yeah. at the end of some season, and that's when they uh, – but that was a 2-12 season, and that's where they wanted to get rid of Joe Kahari. there in 77, yeah. Yeah, they did that again then, huh? Man alive. Yeah, unbelievable. So unbelievable. Uh, what will it be like if they finally win one in Philly? Oh, the city – I can imagine the parade that they'll have. Mm-hmm. I might even have to go to it. Sunday, you know, we've got some recruits in, and we're going to host a couple of them. I'm going to have my eagle hat watching the game in my office. (laughs) How many of your your years did you spend with the Eagles? I spent nine out of the ten. Nine out of the ten. Yeah, I was there as a rookie. uh, Started the first game, never missed a start. Um, Had 38 interceptions at the end of my career. Wow. Yeah, I knew you uh, had a great career there. Uh, Vermeil... Vermeil was a pretty smart guy. They told me that uh, one thing he did in 76, Chuck Bednarik was mad at the Eagles, and he was out bad-mouthing them, and he called him up and had had him over for three bottles of wine and got Chuck on the uh, got Chuck back on the bandwagon. Oh, yeah, and he was great because I can remember him as a rookie, and he came and spoke to the team, you know, and you're looking at him, is this Chuck Bednarik, concrete dollar, you know? Yeah, right. He's got that voice, you know, and he's showing his fingers. He can't open his fist. <laughs> <laughs> so knowledge, you know, you're going. This dude was a tough guy, man. <laughs> oh well, played both ways and was the long snapper, so he did everything. And he was the one. Remember, he, he he knocked Frank Gifford out. Is that correct? Oh yeah, he uh, right before the 1960, the game before they won the championship. Yeah, he knocked him out cold. Yeah, yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> that was it. Hey, Herb, thanks for all of your uh, t- time helping us out here the last few years. It's been great. And uh, when you get your first big victory next fall, we'll call you up. Please do. And I'm, I'm going to miss you guys, but you know I'm available for you anytime you need me. You just call me, my friend. All right, Herb. Thank you very much. Thank you, buddy. Okay. Herb Edwards, the great Herb Edwards. And uh, we'll be back. Matthew Collar covers the Vikings for 1500ESPN.com, also covering uh, the uh, Super Bowl. And what are Judd and Phil going to do for material now that Alex Smith has been traded to the Washington Redskins? Oh, uh, we are on to Kirk Cousins. (laughs) Right, let's get Kirk Cousins, right? What if if Alex Smith's numbers are accurate, and I'm kind of hearing people suggest that they can void that that 71 million is not guaranteed, but that's what the word is if he makes it to the end of the contract. But what's Cousins worth now? I think Cousins is probably worth just about the same as Derek Carr or Matthew Stafford, and those contracts will put you around five years, 125 million. Uh, with the the guaranteed money being a, a little more than half than that, probably, and considering how many teams are interested in Kirk Cousins, it, it may even go higher. But I, I think Stafford's deal will probably lay out the foundation of what Cousins is going to ask for. And Washington has tried to sign him to mega deals before, but I think uh, the holdup was it wasn't enough guaranteed money. So that's where we can expect. You'll hear those huge, huge numbers, but I think his will probably beat everyone else's in terms of the amount of guaranteed money because 
you can come up with at least three, four, maybe even five teams who are going to be making that phone call. Hey, Matthew, why do you think the Redskins have always just – there's something about him they don't like, too, right? In addition to the money, there's something they don't like about him. Yeah, I think their former general manager, Scott McLaughlin, said it perfectly for where I view him as not a special player. He's a really <laughs> interesting case. He's a really interesting case because when, when you look at his box score stats, his quarterback rating, his, his yards, his touchdowns, you say, wow, this guy must be among the best quarterbacks in the league. But when you look a little closer, whether it's watching on tape, which you'll be stunned to know that I have gone back and some. <laughs> And uh, But the other thing, too, is you look at the pro football focus scores that grade his individual throws, and he is ranked 14th, 9th, and 20th. I mean, that's okay, but that's certainly not a quarterback that you want to be paying $125 million. So I think what the takeaway is, is, uh, one, they've been playing in a lot of shootout games where he's got to put up big stats, and two, that when he's asked to make really good throws or throws on third downs and long and things like that or late in games, that he hasn't really been able to come through. And I, I think they've seen a pretty big sample of him not doing that and have said, you know what, I mean, it, we'd like him, but if we're going to pay a guy $130 million, it's not going to be him. And, uh, of course, Alex Smith has got the same knock against him. But here, i got to ask you, what is a good throw? What what in this in this uh, analytic you just gave me, 14th, 9th, and 20, what qualifies as a good throw? So let's say you were talking about a, uh, uh, let's say, a 15-yard dig route or something like that in between a couple of safeties. I mean, yes. they have uh, a qualification for big-time throws, which is a stat of theirs where it's a bunch of different routes, uh, the seam route down the middle, I mean, there, there are a couple of different routes that they qualify as being the hardest throws. And then they watch every single one and score whether the guy, if he's running wide open or whether it's into a tight window. So there is a little ambiguity there. But over a good amount of time, if Cousins hasn't been toward the top of the league in those types of throws, and you see Matt Ryan, Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger always at the top, you can sort of see the difference there of who's getting a lot of yards off of their scheme and who's uh, making the most of those opportunities down the field are making really tough throws. And those are where you see the great quarterbacks come through in the playoffs. And it was always a criticism of mine about Case Keenum. And that's the difference with Alex Smith, that Smith was at the very top of the league in those big-time throws, that it was almost like this year he decided that he needed one more contract and was just going to air it out. And he was one of the best in the league at throwing down the field. He uh, completed 26 passes over 20 yards, and Case Keenum only had 11. So, I mean, he was he was really going down the field like he's never done that before. Uh, it, and it's a catch. you got to throw him a catchable ball in these situations, or do you got to throw it exactly where the receiver wants it? Uh, what, what's the, do they judge it? Is it just judging it on completions, or what, what are they judging it on? Uh, it wouldn't be just on completions. So if you had would, somebody drop the ball, if you made a great yeah. throw and somebody dropped the ball, then – you know, you, you would still, by pro football focus measures, you would get credit for that. Catchable ball is, is probably right. They, they have a, a, a scale that they grade all of these things on. Like, um, if, it's, if it's an okay throw and it's a catchable ball, then it's a zero. If it's an amazing throw, it was right on the money through a couple of cornerbacks or something, then it would be like a two. So, they, you know what I mean? They've got this scale that they've worked out mathematically. It's you know, a lot of jumbly stuff, but... 
basically just a way to say, hey, this guy's making great throws all the time, or this guy is throwing to a lot of wide-open wide receivers because of his scheme. And Jay Gruden really is a pretty genius offensive uh, mind. We've seen him take advantage of Mike Zimmer a couple of times. They put up 30 points this year, and I don't remember walking away from that game thinking, boy, Kirk Cousins really shredded them, uh, and yet they end up with 30 points. Uh, I I see the same possibility as Spielman breaking the bank for a quarterback as the Twins breaking the bank for you, Darvish. I I just I think he wants to keep that defense together and uh, does not want to uh, and and wants to be the guy that drafted a quarterback. And uh, I just don't see Spielman doing it, but he could have the Ziggy telling him uh, do it. We want a quarterback. We want to win a Super Bowl. The, the, the longer we go along, the more I keep thinking that Teddy Bridgewater is going to be the guy. And one of yes. the reasons is not just that they love him, but they also don't have to necessarily break the bank for him. If you think about the contract that Sam Bradford got coming off of his injuries in St. Louis when he signed in Philadelphia, it was a, a pretty reasonable short-term deal that didn't carry a gigantic cap hit but gave him a lot of guaranteed money. So you could say to Teddy Bridgewater – you're going to get your money, but we're going to have flexibility here if things don't work out with your knee. And, oh, by the way, this is a guy that has received massive praise from Zimmer. And then even today when we talked with Mark Wilf, uh, he didn't have anything to say about Case Keenum. But when it came to Bridgewater, he said that Bridgewater was an inspiration to him. So it's just it seems that every time Bridgewater comes up, they talk about how amazing his recovery is. And every time Keenum comes up, they change the subject and talk about the process or something like that. Yeah, I, I that's been my feeling all along that they just uh, they they want to have drafted the quarterback. Spielman wants to have drafted the quarterback. Zimmer loves him, and uh, I I they, just just a question: Are they a hundred percent sure he's healthy? And I've come up with a new theory on why they didn't dress him the last two games. They probably figured, okay, we brought him to this point. We don't want to get him hurt in the third quarter of a game after Keenum gets hurt. I, I just don't uh, I don't see him. Uh, I, I, I think he's going to be their man. No, that could be a part of the equation for sure. And the other part could just be that Sam Bradford had a full training camp and was in an offense that was really designed for him. And one thing Mark Wilkes, uh, Wilf said today about the quarterback situation is the offensive coordinator is going to matter here too. So are they going to get an offensive coordinator that's basically the best fit for Teddy Bridgewater going forward? I mean, I, I definitely like your theory, and it's possible that they're just lining everything up for Bridgewater. And when it comes to his knee, only they know. I mean, because when, during the season, we don't get to see them practice on a daily basis. We only get to see that in training camp. So, you know, we can't really tell you how was he dropping back, how was he throwing the ball. We only saw little bits and pieces here and there at the end of practice, and it looked like he had a lot of zip on the ball, and he looks like he's actually jacked up quite a bit in his upper body and has started to grow into it a little bit. And they, it's possible that they like everything that they've seen through the season and want to turn right back to him. Uh, what's your best guess on, uh, on uh, offensive coordinator? I, it, Man, it, you know, I, I was thinking Stefanski, but maybe not. There was a report today I saw that uh, John D. Filippo, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, of the uh, quarterbacks coach for the Eagles, that he's been a guy that's been talked about quite a bit as as a really interesting 
um, potential offensive coordinator candidate. And considering that he's been working under Doug Peterson, and I was extremely impressed with Doug Peterson yes. uh, when he ripped apart the Vikings' defense. So if uh, Di Filippo has been part of that, then uh, that might earn him uh, not only an interview but potentially a job. It sounds like the Giants and Pat Shermer might take Stefanski with them. And I, I think Bevel's name makes a lot of sense just from the standpoint that he's experienced. And if you're talking about a team that wants to go back and try to make a run at the Super Bowl, are you giving somebody who's new and has never done this before? Um, you know, I, I don't know. So I, I, Zimmer could lean toward experience the same way he did with Norv and the same way he did with Pat Shermer. All right. Hey, Matthew, thanks for your time. We will. Uh, are you going to be hanging around there tomorrow? Oh, I will be there. Yep, I'll be on at noon with the guys. Okay, uh, we'll run into you. Thank you, sir. See ya. Okay, Matthew Collar covers the Vikings for 1500ESPN.com. We shall return and see if anybody has a daily complaint. And uh, quickly before we break, Matthew Collar's appearance on the ride with Royce was powered by Sprint. Let's hear the boys' daily complaints. I don't do this often, but I'm kicking off the daily complaints. Oh, boy. That the dog bite is being reported as news. This is not news. This has been out there for four days, right? Tippy bit him. In uh, years I love ago, how worked up you were getting. Yeah, this. well, it's uh, <laughs> you know I can see big stories in the local papers now. Brady gets bit by a dog. Well, we we knew that four days ago. You know that I'm going to go second. Speaking of no respect ever, yeah. how about let's throw some bouquets to the great man Robert Kraft, the owner of the New England okay. Patriots, just called Sid Hartman one of his heavens. heroes, and I for one agree with Robert Kraft. Oh heavens, yes. Sid is uh, one of my heroes too. <laughs> yeah, as when it comes to being alive, he certainly is. That's for sure. And uh, you know, if you if you didn't think Robert Kraft was an idiot previously, ah, well, wow, there nah, it is. I'm not saying that. <laughs> How about you, Manny? Uh, staying on the theme of the NFL, of course, Roger Goodell had his State of the League address. Uh, he does today. that on Friday. Now does it on Wednesday. Yeah, and while well, he said that the, uh, the even though there's been a rise in injuries uh, during Thursday night games in 2017, yeah. he said that the uh, the rise was so small that it's quote not even statistically significant. Roger, mm-hmm. I don't care. The quality <laughs> of football on Thursday night games is terrible. That's why I hate watching football on Thursdays, because the football itself is not as good. $550 million. million. And, and what is uh, Seifert said, Rovell saying 660 That's insane. 660 For, for one 11, night. 11 football games. For oh. 11 football games. 11 football. $60 million a game. So, uh, I get, uh, you know what? It's more of a situation of the desperate state of uh, network. Wait a minute. I have a bit of breaking news. Man, okay. did you hear this? Okay. Tom Brady was bit by a dog oh, when he what? was a kid. Here no, in, uh... kid. <laughs> you heard it here on the ride with Lindsay I wish you could see our guy's else. face right now. Tippy. The dog's <laughs> name was Tippy. How would I know that if I didn't have it first? Another scoop. I get no credit. Need a gift idea for the outdoor adventure in your life? Shop the Allbirds Mizzle Collection, made with water-repellent puddle guard technology and ZQ-certified merino wool with a low environmental impact. It's a natural fit for winter runs. And Allbirds offsets the carbon footprint to make their Mizzle Collection carbon neutral, so you can take comfort in treading lighter. Get on their nice list this year with the Allbirds Mizzle Collection. Discover your perfect pair at allbirds.com. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com.